Here is the word of the Lord through Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. Sends the reading of the word of the Lord. Now we turn to the Gospel of Matthew. For context, I'll be starting with verse 18 and we'll be ending with verse 27. Matthew 8, 18 through 27. Again, the word of the Lord. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And when he had got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the wind and the seas, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and sea obey him? The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God abides forever. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us your word. It is full of amazing things. We find such compassion and care for us here, but also things that challenge us. May the meditations of our hearts this day, O Lord, upon your word and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are in the first of three short segments in Matthew. We actually had a prelude last week, you know, a preface of what we're dealing with today. The preface was that bit in verses 18 through 22. That's what we looked at last week. And this preface is uh, very obviously that because uh, Matthew does something that is... Uh, found very frequently in Mark, 
but you find it here as well, and it's called a sandwich uh, or an envelope structure. So in verse 18, he introduces this crossing across the Sea of Galilee. So it's introduced in verse 18, and then you have a kind of pause, and something else comes up, and then you resume the story of traveling on. So it's this envelope. You start, and then it's interrupted, and then you pick up where you left off. So last week we looked at that first part, and now we get to the main event that was introduced in verse 18, and that's the crossing of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, We're going to see this again. This is something that comes up and and is uh, pretty important in a later text that we'll be looking at in Matthew together. Now here you have this abundance of crowds, uh, and something happens uh, in verse 18 that uh, is pretty striking because it doesn't happen very often, and you see Jesus commanding. He gave orders in verse 18. He gives orders that they have to cross over, so he's a commander. Uh, and you don't normally do that. He, he just kind of goes someplace and everybody follows. But here he gave orders. And this is highlighting it because Jesus has to go. Uh, he, he gives his orders because he wants his people to follow him, the disciples. And they do, verse 23, the disciples get in the boat with him. Uh, but he gives us command to go. This is, this is a little unusual in the Gospels and in Matthew. Um, and so you pay attention to it because this is important to him. This is an important beginning of an episode. And when he gets to the other side, we'll see uh, why. And, and that's next week. So you have to wait till, till then to find out why. But, you know, this is, this is part of reading Matthew as this unfolding story. Uh, this is the way uh, that the Gospels are written. Uh, and this is, this is something notable. But he's also a sojourner. Jesus, like you, is a sojourner in this world. He has no permanent home here. Yes, we are blessed with homes, uh, and we have comfortable dwelling places. Uh, Jesus says he didn't. Uh, he could stay with uh, friends and family, but he didn't set up a palace. He could have. He could have. He could have summoned up builders from the far corners of the world to build him a palace and set down roots. But he would, he would not. Foxes have holes, but the Son of Man, and the key is in that title, Son of Man, which we're going to come to as well later. The Son of Man, he, it's, it defines who he is and why he can't put down roots. It's because he came here not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for us. So that's what's going on in that earlier part. And here, they're crossing to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now he's up, as I mentioned before, the Sea of Galilee is shaped somewhat like a pear. And he's up in the, uh, in Capernaum, which is in the uh, northwest, you know, edge of the Sea of Galilee. And he's going to cross to the other side. Now, the Sea of Galilee is about 13 miles from top to bottom uh, and about seven miles wide. And so it covers about 64 square miles, which may not mean much to you unless you go to Crater Lake. It's about three times larger than Crater Lake. So you'd have to imagine it being uh, that much bigger. 
And it's about 160 feet deep in its deepest part. And that's, that's plenty deep enough for a storm to be a serious issue. And this trip to the other side, it's not clear, you know, where, where he meant to go because once you had the storm, you know, undoubtedly was blown a little bit off course. But there's not really a big city over there. Uh, so he just wants to go to the other side. Uh, and the storm may have blown him off into where he wanted to set down, but it may not have made a big difference. But it's roughly eight miles. So this trip is about eight miles. And if you want to know what that is, you go from here to Philomath. It's about a trip that far, roughly. So from here to Philomath, when you drive that next time, this is about how far they had to sail in this boat. Now, we are blessed with something that I don't know if you know about, but uh, it's a very remarkable find. So in the 1980s, they found a boat in the Sea of Galilee that was buried in the mud that was built around the time of Jesus. It's called the Jesus Boat. <laughs> and there's a museum to this boat, you know, which features this boat in that area where they found it. Uh, and so they could reconstruct the boat, the sort of boat that Jesus was on. Uh, and this, this is a, a really remarkable find because we don't have a lot of wooden boats from the ancient world. There are some, uh, but not a lot. And so this boat, interestingly, is about 26 and a half feet long. So it's from that wall to the left edge of that table. So it's about that far. And the freeboard, now it, freeboard means the distance between the top of the water and the top of the gunnel, which is the top railing of the side of a boat. And that's about as far as the top of this podium to the floor. So the, the distance between the water and the top of that boat is about two feet, roughly. And that's about, that's about two feet. So these are the dimensions of this boat. It holds about 15 people and it has a square sail. And if you're a sailor, you know, I mean, you know, sail, know anything about sailboats. Uh, that gives it a certain limitation. Uh, it's really hard to sail upwind with a square sail. Uh, all sorts of interesting things when you start getting into sailing. Uh, and this is, this is uh, the kind of boat we had. So we actually know what kind of boat this was. Uh, because this was a common fishing boat, the sort that Jesus would have been in. So you can see a reconstruction of this online easily. Just search the Jesus boat, and you'll find this. And it's fascinating to uh, learn more about it. But here's why this is important to us. There is also somebody who lives near the Sea of Galilee who experienced a storm in the Sea of Galilee uh, and reported that there were 10-foot waves and uh, 80 to 90 mile an hour winds. Now that's hurricane. Once you get above 80, you're talking about hurricane winds. Uh, and so 10 feet waves, you're talking like the top of my hand to the floor. Now think about how high that boat is from the water and you got these 10 feet waves if it's the same kind of storm. You've got a, you've got a lot of problems. It's scary. It's really scary. 
And the thing about storms in any sort of body of water like that is it gets dark from the, from the clouds. And the driving rain, which undoubtedly, we're not told about the rain, but there's a storm like that, you're going to have rain. Uh, and sometimes the rain blows horizontally. Uh, yes, I've been in a hurricane. I've seen it. Uh, so it's, it's very scary. It's a, it's a different kind of uh, environment to be in. And uh, I can't imagine being in a small boat like this. Uh, and with square sails, they had to do their best to, to keep pointed in the right way. It wasn't easy. Because once you go sideways to the waves, you're done for. You're, you're, you're sunk. Uh, they break over the side of the boat and, and you're, you're gone. So we're told, interestingly, verse 24, the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep, <laughs> just like Jonah. But he was asleep. Now, he has no place to lay his head. He's tired. Crowds have been crowding around him. He's been healing people. He's the great demand on his time. And he has, he has met the needs of everybody. That's the thing you see in, in Jesus' ministry. He doesn't turn people away from help. He's always willing to help people. This is the way he is. Then and today, you can take that as gospel, because this is why you read this in the gospels. You want to know what he's like. Well, he hasn't changed. This is what he's like. When he comes, he comes with this kind of attitude. I'm going to serve people. I'm here to help. I'm here to take care of these people. And Jesus did that. And he was exhausted. And he fell asleep on the boat, which is not quite as strange as you may think. Gently rocking on the boat. <laughs> it's just the way it is on a boat sometimes. The, the rocking actually puts you to sleep. Uh, and it's fine. You sleep. I slept better on a ship than I ever did it on shore. So I need to go on a cruise so I can get, get a good night's sleep. <laughs> but I don't know about a boat that size. I said, you know, it's a whole different animal. <laughs> um, so then these people... <laughs> Do you really blame them? We're getting swamped here, and he's sleeping. Don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to drown here? We can't keep this up. Save us, Lord. We're perishing. Don't you care? And, you know, from their vantage point, they're still thinking of Jesus as the disciples do later as well. One really important passage is Luke 24. These two disciples leaving Jerusalem after reports of Jesus being resurrected come to them, but they're puzzling over what this could all be because they say, haven't you heard about Jesus, the great prophet? See, they were thinking of him as a great prophet and a Messiah, but now you're expecting somebody like David or Elijah or Jeremiah. By the way, 
Elijah and Jeremiah were two of the options when Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Elijah and Jeremiah, those are two of the options. People were actually saying that. So that's who they think he is. And Jeremiah can die. He did. Elijah can die. David died. This is, you know, don't you care? Save us. So now the question is, how do they think he's going to save them? (laughs) Maybe hold on to the rope holding the sail and get him through this? I don't know. Maybe he's such an experienced boatman that he can take care of them. These are people crying out at their wit's end. Have you ever been there? At your wit's end? Well, his response is interesting, isn't it? His response is, why are you afraid, oh, you of little faith? <laughs> I, I find that surprising. It's like, But I want you to think about why he expects them to know that they shouldn't be afraid. I want you to think about that. Because it's here in the scripture. It's in the gospel of Matthew. They were afraid they were perishing. We are perishing. Their fear is reasonable. If Jesus were somebody else, then who is? Here's who Jesus is. Matthew 1. Matthew 1, we're bringing the Christmas story in again. Always good to go back to the beginning. Matthew 1, verse 20. A, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, big pardon, I'm in Matthew 2, 1, 20. But as he... Joseph considered these things. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Brothers and sisters, these people in that boat knew Mary. Joseph, we don't hear about. Maybe he had died. But they could find out about this from Mary. She's in Galilee at this time. They could go find out about him. They're following him because they know something about him. They should know this story. You would think they would take the time to find out more about their master, you know, who, just who exactly is. He was named Jesus because it means God saves. And the angel says, you'll name him Jesus. Be sure to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, how is that going to happen if he dies in this boat? It really can't happen. And then secondly, it means Emmanuel, that that quotation from Isaiah. 
God with us. God with us. This, this should have been in their minds, but Jesus says, men of little faith, why are you afraid? Because Jesus knows who he is and what he came to do. This storm, this storm is not going to defeat him in his purpose. He has come with a purpose that nothing can deflect him, much less a little wind and waves. To him, it's a small matter. Because he appeared to one of his followers ages before, and here's what he said to his follower then as he speaks to us now. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man, and I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched out the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, thus far you shall come and no further and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Brothers and sisters, that's who is in the boat. The Son of God who said that was in the boat, incarnate, hidden as a man, but that's him. Hidden from their eyes, but not from the eyes of faith. Knowing God came for us in the person of His Son. This is what you confessed earlier in the Apostles' Creed. That's why that's so important, is you can articulate the reality of God come for us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who was in the boat. The one who said to the seas, Thus far shall your proud waves come, and no further. And so Jesus, he didn't just stand by and say, oh, little faith, you, you know, you're, I'm really going to show you. I'm going to let you know, die, and then I'll you know, do something. He, he didn't punish them. He doesn't punish his people. He, he may admonish us. He may, he may tell us, grow in your faith in me. You trust me through these trials. When it looks like you're going to be swamped in your life, you trust me. I didn't bring you to this point to put you to death. I am I'm in the boat with you. He was there with his people. He's here with us through the Spirit. And brothers and sisters, here's what he did. He rebuked <laughs> the wind and the seas. And then there's a great calm. <laughs> it's almost like anticlimactic. He rebuked the wind of the seas. He said, this far shall your proud waves come and then you will stop. You will stop that. Stop it. And they stopped. And here is the question of the day. Just who is this man? That's the question of life. It's the question before the world it's why we are here as a church, to bring that question to people so that they can ask the question as well. 
just who is this guy, this Jesus? Just who is this? Because once you answer that question the right way, it's eternal life. Because what did he come for? Why did they name him Jesus? He's going to save his people from their sins. Something that we cannot do except with our lives. He came for that. He would not be halted in his march to save his people from their sins. And soon, we have the institution that he gave us that we would celebrate week in and week out the Lord's Supper to show us that his sacrifice on our behalf was effective to cover all of our sins. He is the Savior of his people from their sins. Praise the Lord. Praise the great Jesus, our Lord and Father, sent for our sakes. No storm could halt him from his task. Let us pray. Our Lord and Father, our great God, how powerful you are, O Lord. You demonstrated your power and might in creation. And here in this little story, what a remarkable story it is of your son in this boat. He may be sleeping, but he's still in control. And you, O Lord, neither slumber nor sleep. You protect your beloved day in and day out. You care for us day in and day out, and we praise you for it. Thank you for this episode in the life of Christ to show us with whom we have to deal. A great son of God come as a great hero to rescue us from all of the things which may rise up against us to swamp us in our life. We can have hope now and confidence in you. We pray that you will be pleased and glorified in our lives and our faith may grow through this. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.